This is Masterscast, the first He-Man and She-Ra podcast, episode number 68, for Sunday, March 24th, 2019. Will you fight for the honor of Grayskull? Grayskull. Hi, everyone. Thanks for downloading. I'm John Callis, also known as The Shadow. I'm Katie Carty Hiley, also known as Rainbow Bright. I am Martin Penny, also known as Wacky Martin. I am Leanne Hanna, also known as Stratos Mecca. And I'm Josh Delancourt, also known as Just Lioncourt. Hey, y'all. Hey. What's up? Hi. What up? We're back. <laughs> Do I know you guys? <laughs> kind of weird. <laughs> After this many years, I certainly hope so. Otherwise, I don't know why we're still talking. (laughs) I lost my mind in a mine explosion. Mine explosion? Or a mind explosion? Um, Yes, mind. Not like the dwarves that are in a, I'm in a mine. (laughs) It wasn't an unfortunate mining accident. (laughs) Yes, it was a mind Already, this podcast is taking a turn I wasn't expecting. So. Same. <laughs> hey, Josh. Yes. Talk about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do we so got today? All right. Uh, let's start with. Uh, so I don't know if any who else has got these. I got my Super Seven figures from the new Shira show uh, yesterday. Nice. I got um, mine. So it's exciting uh, for me just because this is my first glimpse of the new designs for the characters. Uh, the figures are really cool. The packaging was amazing and all that. The figures themselves are okay once you take them out of the package, uh, mostly because they are very, very, uh, not not that we didn't already know this, but they're very, very, very limited on articulation which mm-hmm. means they are just about as hard to stand up as the old vintage figures were. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, they constantly fall over, so it's very hard to uh, stand them in any sort of uh, position that is lifelike in any way. You need to get some but, of that poster putty to put under their feet. Yeah, I need to get some of that stuff. I haven't I haven't had that stuff in years. I need to get some, some more. But anyway, uh, other than that, they're, uh, they're pretty nice figures. So... Design-wise, I just want a couple of just a couple of comments. Just one is I'm definitely not crazy about the very cartoony style. Like I, I always prefer the more detailed stuff. So that's not to my taste. But that, if you set that aside, like overall, I really do like the designs, and I think I would like them a lot more, even if they were more, if they were more in kind of the realistic. Thing I love that they've kind of amped up the feline qualities on Catra, like yes. way more than the original Catra, um, which I think is really, really, really cool. And um, and Shira's Shira, I like I like both. Um, I like the new sword more than I thought I was going to, and it does remind me a lot of the 2000X Power Sword. It's mm-hmm. very similar shape. Um. So and that's pretty much all I wanted to say on those. So just it's the I like the designs. Would love to would love to have action figures of these that are like 
that design, but in a more realistic style, I would be all over that. That'd be awesome. I'm trying to imagine those characters looking realistic. Now, because we've only seen them in a very cartoonish form in right, a cartoon. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to, just in my mind, imagine how that would translate. I I don't know if it would very well, but it might. You know, I'm not an artist, so it's hard for me to imagine things like that. Um, but they did I'm it sure in the like in the classics line. They did that with some of some of the filmation characters, right before they started the filmation line. We got, you know, they were still kind of cartoony, but right, they were more realistic than like the Club Grayskull line or whatever. So, I guess it's maybe because they were all adult characters, and these are more like teenagers. Um, so they're not as tall, and I don't know what I'm trying to say, but. Um well like yeah. uh if you the bat remember like Batman the animated series um mm-hmm. it's action figures right they looked very cartoony they looked like they came right out of the cartoon like i don't know how i would envision maybe like the riddler looking the way josh is describing like more realistic cuz i would want the figure to look like the cartoon if that makes sense yeah um so I kind of see where you're coming from, where like it, it's hard for us to picture like how would they make say that the, the Shira look more realistic when she looks the way she does in the cartoon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, I know what you're trying to say, but it's hard to it's hard to hard articulate to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Adora, I could see more easily, and maybe Catra too. Um, but yeah, Shira, she's just she's so much so much bigger than life. Um, she has so much hair. It is ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> uh, the figure thing, like three quarters of the plastic is just her hair. Like, I was like, <laughs> this is insane. So. Sounds about accurate for her depiction in the yeah, cartoon like, as um, well. During the transformation sequence, my goodness, like that, mm-hmm. her hair like grows. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I read. Here, go, here's go the funny thing in the audio description for the cartoon. Shira's hair is the only thing they've ever described to us about the way she looks. It's just like, what? oh yeah, there's lots of hair. It's like, okay. <laughs> I think there's probably more to her design than the hair, but that's the only thing they ever mentioned. Warrior um, princess with long flowing hair. That's what we usually get. And that's like, wow. Okay. I remember there was an interview with Noelle Stevenson where she mentioned something about like, and I'm just paraphrasing, um, like that they had like a focus group with like young girls, right? Of what mm-hmm. they wanted to see in a hero or something like that. And and one of the attributes was like fabulous hair. Like I guess a lot <laughs> of the girls put something about like she had to have really cool hair. So I think that might be why they did that. It's focus it's a, for me personally, it's a little it's a little too much, <laughs> but but it's okay. I love her hair. It's she fabulous. does have fabulous hair. She does indeed. <laughs> yeah, she lost the fabulous secret, right? She, the fabulous hair. <laughs> the fabulous hair. <laughs> the fabulous hair was revealed to me. I fell off my sword. <laughs> I really, really love the Catra design, though. Like, yes. It's so good. It's so good. What is the thing that she comes with? The whip and wand thing that she comes with? What is that? Oh, that wand thing is like a, it's like the equivalent of what the horde troopers carry now. It's like okay, a, like like a stun. Things. Yeah. Like it's like a stun stick or something like that. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, yeah, I was wondering because I was like, I don't know what that's supposed to be. It just looks like a weird magic wand thing. I don't know. I wasn't <laughs> sure what to do with that. So, but yep, yeah, they're cool. They're cool. And the packaging was great. It made me wish I had gotten two sets, but at the price, I probably wouldn't have anyway. But mm-hmm. yeah, see, that's why I, I can't open mine. They're just sitting here. Yeah. I love the packaging too much. Pack I know I could so kind of good. cut the bubble and get Shira out and stuff, but yeah, uh, I don't recommend it. So I, that's what I tried to do that to, I, to save the packaging and just cut open the bubble. Mm-hmm. And the plastic of the bubble is way thicker than you would expect. And I oh. think maybe the thickest of any toy I have ever bought. And oh my gosh. it is so difficult to cut through. And all I ended up doing was probably more damage to the card than I would have if I had just opened it just Aww. ripped it off so i was really sad about that so yeah i do not recommend trying to cut open unless uh, maybe you could do it maybe if you had like an exacto knife which i don't happen to have one at the moment but you oh, might you be able scissors to, i was i uh, was using a extremely sharp pair of scissors that normally works fine for that sort of thing mm-hmm. so because there have been other ones that i've opened that way before mm-hmm. um but these are just it's crazy thick plastic yeah, I would have tried probably like a like one of those exacto knife box cutter type. Yeah, you type might thing. be able to, but it would still be it would still be difficult, I think. Okay. Can I do some plugging real quick? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel I feel like Shadow has uh, got his hands off the wheel for this episode. <laughs> He's well, so Shadow watched the wrong episode, so he's he's mentally preparing himself <laughs> for the conversation uh, oh, he's right now as we're doing <laughs> topics. That's what's happening. I'm like, yes, please extend your speaking, Josh. Just to yes, <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, just a quick thing. I have, uh, as everyone that listens to the show knows, I talked about it before. Uh, I have some novels out. The first one has been out on audio for a long time. And now the second one is available on Audible, as is the like short story prequel type thing uh, that goes with the series as well. They both, uh, the second book and the prequel, were just released on audio with the same narrator. They are out on Audible worldwide. So audible.com in the US and your equivalent in whatever country you're in, they should be available there. They're also available on iTunes and Amazon. Please pick them up, uh, rate them well if you enjoy them. I hope uh, you will. They're fantasy novels. And I have a couple of uh, promo codes left. So if you send me like a tweet or contact me in some way through my website, you can see if you can grab one of those because I have just a couple left. You should mention their titles yes. for those who may have Yes, forgotten. that would help, wouldn't it? Uh, <laughs> I am so terrible at this. Uh, the Dragon's Brood Cycle is the name of the series. The first book is Haven Lost. The second book is Haven Divided. And the short story prequel is Harmony's Song, which also includes a song that I wrote, which is performed by my wife. And it's so cute. Okay. I mean, it's sung beautifully, but before they sing it at the end, they speak it. I think I'm remembering that correctly. Yes. Um, yeah. And the, I don't know if it's the, the cadence. I don't know if that's the correct word, but the, the, the rhythm and the rhyming scheme kind of of it totally reminded me of the lady of Shalott. 
Um, and I only know that poem at all because of Anne of Green Gables. Is <laughs> 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 at the very beginning she's reading that, and it's it just totally it totally took me back, and I was like, oh my god, I love this because it reminds me of this other poem that I also love, and it was just great, and I loved it, and well, I loved the the full novel as well, but since the prequel came out after. Um, I listened to it second and I was just like, oh my God, this is cool. That's so cool. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. I enjoyed both very, very much. Yay. Well yeah, you. I actually, um, because I was going to start on the new novel, but I was like, you know what? Let me refresh. So I went back and I listened to the first novel, then the prequel story. So now I'm just about to start on the new novel. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. The new novel is my personal favorite. Like, I'm really proud of that book. So, awesome. I think I think the story came out really well. And and uh, Katie, you cracked me up with your tweet when you got to a particular moment. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to share that really quick? Because oh my god, your tweet just made me laugh so hard. Because I had totally forgotten about it. That's the funny thing, right? Like that is the funny thing. Um, so I'm I'm reading. I mean, I'm listening to it, you know, via Audible, because that's how I listen. That's how I read pretty much all my books these days, if I can. And there's a scene in, well, like kind of on Earth, present day-ish, and there's a van, and someone gets in the van and mentions that there are pillows and blankets and sheets depicting 80s cartoon characters. So I immediately think, oh, he's going to throw in a He-Man and She-Ra reference. He's got to, because it's Josh. But no, it was Rainbow Bright that was thrown in. <laughs> and I lost my ish. I was just like, what? oh my God, he's had Rainbow Bright. It made me very, very happy. <laughs> yeah, it, it was funny about that. It was, there was two two things. One is I thought about doing a human or shiver reference in there and was like, that is that is maybe too on brand <laughs> for me, right? Like <laughs> everyone's gonna be expecting that. And yeah. I think for the 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 characters that are are involved in that that own the van and whatever, I don't want to give too many spoilers away. But for what's going on at that point, I think Rainbow Bright was a better fit anyway for yeah for what was happening. So it was, it really was. <laughs> the disdain shown by one character was just hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> yep, good Fun stuff. Fun. So I hope uh, I hope more people will pick it up, check it out, and enjoy. And I believe Leanne has something to plug as well. I do. Um, so Rod and I have a new web comic up online, and it's called Heart Wired, and it's available uh, through Line Webtoon, and it's completely free. We have the first nine chapters up, and uh, it's about a teenager named Cal, who is one of the first uh, children born on Mars after it's been colonized. And it's basically a story about him trying to get to Earth because uh, being on Mars is, it might sound exciting, but it's not all it's cracked up to be. Um, so it's basically about him and his friends and how he's going to escape from Mars. Um, and uh, you can, if you subscribe, it would be really awesome. Um, Webtoon has uh, a subscription system, a really cool app. Um, where you can get updates and it's all totally free. Um, and if you subscribe and like each chapter, it really would help us out. 
And um, you can get to it by going to webtoons.com and looking us up there. Or you can go to heartwiredcomic.com. And that's tunes like T-O-O-N-S? Yes. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Just making sure. And um, each chapter also has a brand new track um, by Volker X, who does like kind of like synth synth wave type music. And so it's nice uh, ambient music to listen to as you read. Oh, sweet. That sounds really cool. Yeah. I've never heard of a webcomic having music to go with it. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I have so much reading to do. Oh, my God. <laughs> Josh got me into another series, like, super quick tangent, but um, I blew through all of them. And the next one, the next installment in the series comes out next month. But the Is author... it St. Mary's? Yes. Oh, I'm so far behind you on those now. I need to, I need to, I have too much stuff to read and not enough time. Yeah. Adam's, Adam's actually catching up to me now. He's, we still got a few books left, but he's, he's blowing through them too. Um, but the, the next installment, yeah, it comes out like, I think the end of April and she did a sign, the author did a signing in like, I think February in London. So some people got the book early and I was like, let me just look on, on online just see and on ebay somebody in the states was selling it for like 12 bucks i'm like uh yeah thank you i will take that now because i can't wait that long (laughs) but i've had it for you know a week or two and haven't even cracked it yet because i'm silly and my priorities are clearly out of order um (laughs) but yeah I, i i have so many things i want to read and i need to just put it on my schedule like a daily thing just like for an hour just read time have some fun, That's catch awesome. up on all the things that y'all are doing because y'all are doing such amazing things. All right. And I think we need to now transition for a moment into sad news. Yeah. Sad news. We have lost a great in the Masters uh, world. Uh, Larry Dottilio passed away about a week ago. And uh, J. Michael Straczynski wrote a uh what would you call that? Like a tribute to him, I guess, on Facebook, yeah. which is what broke the news as far as I know. Um, there was a, also a piece in, uh, I think it was also sci-fi yes. uh, that uh, was quoting a lot of uh, J. Michael Straczynski's piece as well. So uh, I don't have a ton to say. I'm, I met Larry a few times and he could not have been nicer um, to me. I have... <laughs> The Secret of the Sword from when that was released by BCI at Comic-Con. And Larry was there to sign it. And he was so busy talking to me that he wasn't paying attention. And he autographed it twice. So <laughs> I actually have one with his signature on it two times. So, oh, that's um, amazing. Yeah, he was such a great guy. And uh, was just uh, could not have been nicer uh, when I met him. So really sad to hear that. And he, you know, he was so instrumental in... The creation and kind of forming of Shira. So, I mean, it's a, it was a, a big loss of talent. I think. I don't think any, any uh, creative force on the Master Universe property, whether that whether that's the He-Man side or the Shira side, I don't think uh, any other person uh, understood, got it better than mm-hmm. he did. Mm-hmm. I think he was always like, uh, as well as being a very good writer, he was the kind of person who on any series that he worked on 
would um, like exploit the universe. So he would like look into the lore or the characters or the backstory. And he was a, a really good writer for like exploring what was there and sort of digging beneath the surface and trying to find a bit more depth. I think he was very good in that regard. And he never shied away from that, even on a kid's cartoon. <laughs> like, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like, there's so yeah. few people that, that would have done that. And uh, he also worked on uh, Tunnels and Trolls, like, way back, which was, a, like, a Dungeons & Dragons-type uh, role, tabletop role-playing game in, like, the late 70s, early 80s. And that's actually where Granomir makes his first appearance for some old oh trivia for you. And Dark Smoke nice. Island and all that stuff it first appears in the Tunnels and Trolls uh, role-playing games. Yeah, I I know I had met him a couple of times, but I couldn't remember exactly what his role was with He-Man and She-Ra. So I, I looked it up after I heard the news. And when it, when I got to the part like, he wrote Secret of the Sword, he came up with the name She-Ra. I was just like, oh my dear God, like this man <laughs> had so much to do with these properties that we love so much. And, you know, beyond that, he had written, what was it, like 17 episodes of He-Man and 18 of She-Ra or something like that. And a few of uh, 2000X as well. Yes. He, he worked on them all. So. You're right. I mean, uh, except not for new, new adventures. adventures, which he yep. hates. <laughs> <laughs> which he hates. Yeah. <laughs> I found an old interview with him from 1999. It's actually on He-Man.org. And it's hilarious because, yeah, he makes a disparaging comment about New Adventures there. <laughs> Didn't they ask him and he was like, they were like, do you want to come and write for the New Adventures? And he was like, no. <laughs> or something like that. No, I do not. <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> but yeah, he, yeah, he definitely contributed so much and it's a huge loss. Um, and I, I hate that we're getting to this age where a lot of our heroes are, this is just going to keep happening as people age, and it's it's really heartbreaking every time. Um, and I didn't even know he was sick. I'm sure a lot of people who were keeping up with him did, but to me, it was a complete shock. Yeah, um, I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't either. So, and a lot of people I know aren't very public with that kind of thing, but it kind of makes us wish, like, oh, wish we could have said one more, sent one more note to him, and just thanked him one more time for the things that he did, but I'm sure he remembered all of it, or not necessarily specific people, but remembered the love that the fandom gave him whenever he did make an appearance at a convention or was in a documentary or anything like that. Um, I think he knew how much he meant to us. All right. Is it time to get into the meat of this week, this month's episode? Yes. So, <laughs> have you finished the episode, John? So I played it at like five X. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this yeah, was just... the the chipmunks version of. <laughs> yeah, it was like Brittany hey, was go. was playing Adora, and <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> you be Eleanor nice to Britney be... Spears. Not uh, that Britney. Chipettes, yeah, no. Oh, well, you know, a lot of people say Britney Spears sounds like a chipmunk when she sings. <laughs> I, I think that is an insult that. to all chipmunks everywhere. So. <laughs> right. Let's Outrageous. not curb down this street. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have to go look for the beacon. It's going to take a while. Why it was this episode called The Beacon? I don't recall a beacon being in the episode. Yeah, I think uh, yes. that 
they're it, referring. It, oh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Oh, you can. Uh, I was just gonna say I think the beacon is the Crystal Castle. It's just they didn't know it was called the Crystal Castle yet. Oh. Yeah, well, that's uh, I don't know if they actually use the word beacon, but um, the beginning of the episode has entrapped us saying that like she's detected the whatever in the whispering woods and she's getting, yeah, like the tech. You know, yeah, like that's that is the beacon, right? Like that's what Catra's going out looking for. That's kind of how I interpreted it. I don't know uh, if they actually use the word beacon anywhere, though. That does make sense. It clearly flew over my head. <laughs> well, they don't go looking for it till the very end. So it's like, wait. Why is it called that? No, I, I totally get the confusion because it's very briefly mentioned uh, with the little device that Entrapta has that Catra is like beating on because she's like, how does this thing work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then at the very end, Adora is like, okay, I have to leave and go figure out how to fix you, Glimmer. Um, so, I, don't, I mean, I don't know what title would have been more appropriate necessarily for this episode, but... Well, you yeah. could make Defection? lots of titles that would have been, you could come up with lots of titles that would have been like as appropriate, but just as like meaningless, really. Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like because the problem, the problem, I think with this episode, this isn't a bad episode by any means, but this episode does not stand alone. Right. It is yeah. a it is a bridge between the last episode and the next episode. And mm. there's very little meat in this episode, so to speak. So it's like. I have so little to say about this episode. It's it's a good episode. It's fine. It does what it needs to do, which is uh, move the story forward to the next the next chapter, which is uh, promise. But there's not a whole lot here to really dig into. I feel it's... like there were. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say I <laughs> felt that there were three main points in in this episode. Like to give it some like um, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, reason to be <laughs> uh, is validation. I yeah, think. validation. There you go. Um, a we entrapta defects to the horde. Um, although, like, I don't feel that she really feels that she's doing anything. She's just kind of going with her intellectual flow, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. uh, number two, um, we find out that. Um, Queen Angela feels that she is responsible for her husband's death slash, you know, Glimmer's daddy-o. And then <laughs> number three, um, Adora finds the Crystal Castle. And yet all three of those things are such tiny parts of this episode. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. like, that's the thing, right? It's all brief, right? Well, well, the entrapped defection does, that takes a bit, that's like the meteor portion, I would think, because, you know, Catra, very sly, right? Starts oh, yeah. to kind of like uh, manipulates uh, Entrapta just by the way she's talking to her and kind of phrasing the situations. Yeah, so I liked I that. I thought notes. that was cunning. I mean, we've got, I guess we... Manipulator. We get the whole thing, too, with, you know, this is what's setting up the whole reason, right? Like, Adora's looking for the Crystal Castle because Glimmer's magic is malfunct malfunctioning. Her powers are yes. not working right. So we have some interesting stuff in that. You know what? I think um, if I have one, like, I think actual criticism of this episode, it's just that there's, like, I feel, I don't know, it felt like there was too much of the Glimmer's powers malfunctioning, like, after a while, it was just like, oh, yeah, we we get it. You're having issues. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, it got us to the point where they have the um, Angela Glimmer moment uh, that you were talking about a minute ago. Um, 
but I feel like it, 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 it's not that there's so much that gets to get there, but it's, it does feel like it drags a little bit. Like they're filling time in a couple of those spots. This Something one didn't. Good. Oh, I will. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> I talked enough already. You go. <laughs> um, I was going to say this episode does feature one of my favorite scenes, I think in the first season, which is that little scene between Catra and Shadow Weaver where Shadow Weaver's like very run down and she's obviously been on the receiving end of some punishment for Hordak. And she has like a little brief, a brief sort of sympathetic moment where she admits to being hard on Catra. Um, and Catra's kind of sympathetic towards her for a second and then she like, she ruins it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I really liked that little scene. I thought that was a great little, um, the interdynamics of the Horde, I think, are um, are displayed very well in this episode. And we get a, we also get that nice scene of uh, of Hordak just like tearing into Shadow Weaver, <laughs> like angrily. And he, he seems more threatening than he has been previously. And Did we I... get a little cameo from Grizzlaw again. I noticed he was in the background. I didn't notice him. Yeah, he's like got his arms folded when um, Hordak is like lecturing Shadow Weaver in the background. Oh, funny. That's what I was going to mention. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. I loved when Hordak is screaming, well, not screaming, but like putting Shadow Weaver in her place about the fact that she hid from him that She-Ra is actually Adora. So now we know that Hordak knows. And mm -hmm. like he... He's very cunning, right? Like he he's not stupid in this. I, I really like it because he's he like berates Shadow Weaver because it's like, you know, you're the the Shira person, now that we know that it's Adora, obviously Adora knows the inner workings of the horde. Like this is bad. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like I, I really liked how he was like thinking ahead, whereas like Shadow Weaver was just like, I need to get Adora back. And so, so was Katra, really. They were yeah. both playing that game. So yeah, that is interesting that he's the only one that was like, y'all do realize he knows everything about us and our vulnerabilities, right? And isn't this the first time we see Hordak in person and not just on a screen? No, we saw him in person the first time he showed up when he was on the throne. Oh, okay. This is this is the first time he gets up from the throne, I think. <laughs> yes. And like walks into the light sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty menacing. I liked it. I hope we get more Hordak in season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we might given that like yeah, Shadow Weaver's kind of like well, we don't even know. Like, right, is Shadow Weaver dead? She was chained. Well, don't jump ahead. That's, that's the next that's episode of Master's oh, yeah, Cast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe she'll no be spoilers. like out of commission. Yeah, so she might be out of commission, more. yeah. Yeah. So maybe there'll be more interaction with Katra and Hordak in <laughs> season two. Mm -hmm. That'd be cool. Like I could go with that. Although, yeah, spoiler alert, I mean, I'm sure everybody's watched the episodes, at least, I hope. By right, now. right, right, right. <laughs> I, I, was, I was joking with you. If you haven't, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> there was also a cute part at the beginning of this episode when you know, they think the Entrapta is dead and they're blaming each other, or not blaming each other, but each one is blaming themselves uh, in a different way. And uh, I think it's Perfuma. One of them says, you know, being together makes us vulnerable. And that's why they break apart the Princess Alliance. They're like, we need to go back to our kingdoms and just do our thing. Because when we get together, this is what happens. Um, and then it shows kind of a, a montage of each princess going going home and what they're doing to like fortify their own kingdoms, etc. 
but I love Perfuma making like a statue of Entrapta out of greenery. Yeah. <laughs> like on vines and stuff. It's just so cute. It's got like a little tear dripping down her face. And I swear Perfuma is just always going to be one of my favorite characters in any iteration of Shira, I think. But she's really good in this one. Well, shall we move on to Promise then? Yes. Yes. Although I want Martin to shout sword safety because Bo was cracking me up <laughs> in that scene. <laughs> yeah. Sword safety. <laughs> sword safety. <laughs> yes. There it is. <laughs> so no, I, in promise or in promise, I'm I'm assuming you're going to say that really the only reason this episode holds weight is because um, Octavia appears for a scene, right? No. No? <laughs> no. Oh. no. Actually, so in, in rewatching <laughs> this, rewatching the season to do these podcasts, I think Promise is my favorite episode of the season. Oh my goodness! I think it is. <laughs> it is so good. It, it is amazing. And even 10 times, I feel like even 10 times more after watching it again. It is so good. And I think, I think this is, this is it. This is the best this season gave us. Like you can say other things, right? Like you could say, uh, uh, the Seagate was a funnier episode, right? Yeah. It had funnier moments, things like that. But just in terms of the way this episode, it makes you feel as you're watching it and everything else, like the story, everything, the, the depth that we get, the, the glimpse into Adora and Catra's relationship as they were growing up, everything you get in this episode is so good. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. Where should we even start? I don't, there's so, yeah, there's so much in this one. Like, I didn't make a lot of specific notes necessarily, but I know a lot happened. <laughs> I just watched it last night, so I'm like, okay, where did it A start? lot of flashbacks. Like, yeah. It, yeah. that's sort of the framing for this episode is that Adora gets into what we know will be the Crystal Castle, I guess, and so does Catra, and they get trapped in there because the computer, I guess, in there, uh, detects that there is an intruder uh yeah, which is... steals a piece of tech off the wall right and uh well, it also kind of thinks that like adora is an intruder too well because adora is protecting catra right so it yeah. sees her as a threat as well well good point i didn't think of it that way because she has like... to turn into shira before like that hologram will interact with her in a yeah administrator way. <laughs> yes i love the general frustration with the with like the hologram <laughs> a very a very good representation of like every automated like phone service <laughs> that you, you've ever experienced and her reaction to it <laughs> you know, you know yes. a, a thing that that's interesting that struck me uh, in rewatching this episode that it hadn't occurred to me before is that the depiction that we're getting of crystal castle in this series um reminds me a lot more of like the early like mini comics slash toy whatever depictions of castle grayskull right like where they really played up the tech and magic 
aspects of, you know, like the, the Castle Grayskull toy, right? And it had that computer on the second floor and all that stuff. Like, they're really playing that up way more so than than it was done with Castle Grayskull in the, you know, in the cartoon and later depictions where it was kind of more on the fantasy side of things. And hmm. this really does kind of harken back to that uh, a bit with the, the computer that she's talking to and all that stuff. I think it's kind of cool. Well, it's a more fleshed out Crystal Castle um, than what we got in the Filmation series. I mean, basically, she would go and talk to Light Hope and leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. The, well, that's why I was kind of drawing the comparison to Castle Grayskull, too, because we got a lot yeah. more of that. Because Crystal Castle played a very minor role in the original Shira series, especially when you think about the fact that that was the big play set for the toys. And it, it's like mentioned in the opening sequence for every episode. And like, I bet you it doesn't even appear in more than maybe like eight or nine episodes of the 93 or whatever. <laughs> so sounds about right. Am I remembering right that there's some classic Shira episode where Shira has to like face a bunch of challenges to either reach the castle or reach yeah. Light Hope uh, or something. Stone, you're thinking of Stone and the Sword when she, the stone breaks and she can't turn into She-Ra. Oh, so right. she, she has to climb Skydancer. Um, Light Hope like opens up a you know thing in the wall and she has to go down into the depths of the mountain and find the first ones. Okay. Then they so heal the sword. Very... But yeah, I remember she goes through all those like things, and then it's like, oh, are these not the pa- or the the qualities of Shira? And then they fix her sword, and she changes. This is a very good episode. One of my favorites of the classic series. I wouldn't mind seeing like a kind of a redux of that for the new series. Obviously, it can't be exactly the same, but something along those lines, I think, would be cool. Mm-hmm. This kind of reminded me of that though, because they're kind of forced into this weird labyrinth of rooms that do weird things and they kind of have to keep facing these challenges and then facing the flashbacks and how they deal with them and come to the point where at the end Adora can let go of Katra basically and uh, let go of that friendship or that hope of a friendship that clearly is gone at this point um yeah yeah the writing in this of you know childhood Adora and Katra interaction is just fantastic. Yeah. So good. It's so and, good. And it's like rewatching it, it was kind of like, I can see where Katra's coming from. Yeah. Like, I mean, I can see where both of them are coming from. Um, so, I, you know, I felt bad for Katra. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like this is the best thing for Katra, <laughs> too, is to, yeah. it's best thing for both of them to just sever this friendship or, you know, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a really, really strong episode. Do you think if Adora had, like, as soon as she became She-Ra and that all happened, although Glimmer and Bo are right there and kind of captured her, didn't they? Um, but if after she, you know, made friends with them, if she had immediately gone back to the Fright Zone and, you know, not grabbed Catra, but said like, hey, um, I am now this thing and... The horde is bad, and you should come with me. Do you think she would have listened at all, or do you think this would have been the eventual conclusion, no matter what Adora had done? No, I think Catra's ambitions would come before siding with Adora. Yeah, because I think she still she'd always have that, like 
I'm always the Robin to your Batman type Mm -hmm. complex. And I think that I think that's too. Didn't we discuss that that when in the other episode and you know the two before this where Catra just gives her the sword back? Mm -hmm. Like I really think a part of it is just like Catra wanting to prove that. It you know so what she has the sword she's Shira whatever I'm Catra I'm gonna win in the end like Adora's not going to one up me anymore. Yeah, good point. And yeah, we see how deep seated that complex is through all of these flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Although my favorite, oh my god, like I think it's the last one with Tiny. Katra and Adora and Katra has like the blanket over her and she's crying and Adora comes over and Katra hisses. <laughs> it's so cute. I just want to give her a hug. I do enjoy every moment where they like they have Katra doing cat things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was one in the previous episode where she's like she's sniffing the pipes for um for Entrapa, tra- yeah. and Katra, oh, yeah. right. and she's just like <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's so funny is they. I, I mentioned earlier about the, looking at the figure and how they've played up the um, Catra's feline qualities in the design, and they've also done that in the character. What I think is really funny is like in the in the original series, her voice was way more cat-like and. But the rest of that, the rest of her character didn't really play up any of the feline qualities. And in this one, it's the other way around. They completely <laughs> took all of the cat out of her voice and played it yep. up in every other aspect, which is really funny. It is funny. Well, speaking of that, I wonder if um, in future episodes, if if Katra will gain something um, that allows her to change into a cat, like she did in. Hmm. Um, the filmation series because she hasn't done that in this one could be I, I think that might be i don't know hmm. i don't know if it would be in character for this version of catra you know i well, don't know yeah, well yeah i feel like if you're if you're going to go down that road though they're going to have to have they're going to have to have a, like a really good justification for it story-wise like mm-hmm. we, they need to use it in some way I think I'd be really disappointed if they're like, "Oh, we're gonna let Catcher do this thing." Um, I feel, you know, I feel like it's got that, that has to go. That has to mean something bigger in the wider world because she's already so cat-like. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If they're, it's it would only really be like, uh, like a like a physical alteration, right? Like, because she's got mm-hmm. so many feline qualities already as she is, so. I feel like there would have to be some bigger overarching story to justify it. And I would hope so because in the near the end of the series, I don't want to give it away. Right. But um, something different happens to Shira and many of the other uh, princess Alliance members. And it's like not explained Mm -hmm. (laughs) at all. (laughs) So I'm hoping (laughs) the reasoning or how that happened, maybe light hope or something will explain um, in a future episode. Because again, we know that Shira has powers that she doesn't seem to know how to control or unlock. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we get some explanation <laughs> mm-hmm. other than, well, we just needed this to happen for the battle. So <laughs> another, another thing, I can't remember if I've brought this up previously before, but um, this is 
uh, I think the, only the second time in the series, I believe, when we hear She-Ra referred to as the the princess of power, right? Like the mm. the computer in Crystal Castle calls her that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, well, there, Angela calls her an, that. Yeah, that's why I said this is the second time. Uh, oh, Angela, second time. Okay, gotcha. Angela did it earlier, and then this is the only the second time. And we're almost to the end of the first season. And I do wonder if... Because for us as longtime fans, right? Like we we know who, at least according to traditional lore, who Adora is supposed to be, right? Like she is she is a princess. She is uh, part of the royal family on Eternia. Blah blah blah. We know Eternia is connected to this in some way or another. We also you know that there's probably things they can and can't use in the series. Okay, fine. But I feel like. If they're going to keep dropping things like that, like if they had just never called Shira Princess of Power in this series, you could just sort of dismiss it. But now they, they've done it twice. They're, it's almost like they're, they're teasing. And I feel like they at some point need to, I think, they, I think anyway, that they really should um, explain more, more uh, than what we've already gotten on, on Adora's past and it's like she's they keep calling her princess of power she's the only one that isn't actually a princess right of the <laughs> princess alliance like she's the only one and that you know if you if you're looking at it through the lens of the original shira you don't it doesn't really jump out at you because we we know but if you were a kid watching this now you'd be like wait a minute <laughs> or at least i would have been right if i was watching this 30 years ago i'd be like wait a minute there's something's missing here and i I really hope that that is even even if it, we only get it in bits and pieces um, because of whatever the rules are, what they can and can't use. I feel like we we need to they need to fill in some of that picture relatively. I would say relatively soon in the arc of the story. You know, I'm not sure I agree with you. Not that I don't want them to do something like that, but if I were a kid watching this. I think I would just be viewing her as like this chosen one because the sword like revealed itself to her, right? And because she can wield the sword, she is the princess of power. I think that would be enough for me. Um, I'm just in my head comparing this to other things that I've read in other properties and where it's a, a similar dynamic where it's just a chosen one and now they have this power and you just go with it. Um that would, that would be enough explain. for you, though, even with the like the t- the hints that we've gotten with, of Eternia. Like we, that's a word she uses. Anybody that's watching true. this Eternia now does need to be explained. Yeah, like there's but... no, there is no anything with that right now, right? Like it's just a weird word that she says when she comes and enc- encounters first one's tech. But see, like, we know that, right? The kid wouldn't know what Eternia is exactly. Mm. But I think that's why you're. I see your stance and I think it's because we are classic fans. Whereas like, I think Katie's situation where she's saying, you know, like she was appointed the princess of power. I think the kids would sit there. Let's say, let's pretend there's no internet, right? There's mm-hmm. no Google and they can't type in, you know, Shira and, <laughs> and read about the filmation stuff. Could this be just like, think of it as a, a brand new property where they might mention something and we don't know what it is. Right. So like we're thinking of it in terms of we know what's Eternia. We know she's Princess Adora, which, by the way, I loved in Princess Prom when Frosta actually calls her Princess Adora. 
um, which I thought was interesting given that, you know, She-Ra is technically the princess, not Adora. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but because I was like, oh, Frosta called her Princess Adora. I love it. <laughs> um, but I think we have a problem, not a problem, but like um, it's kind of hard for us to conceptualize a lot of this because we know too much already. Mm. Whereas like even someone like... Um, uh, the, the you know the team that was in charge of crafting this series like Noelle went back she said and watched you know episodes but she didn't have that like deep rooted knowledge of He-Man and She-Ra like we have so we're expecting Eternia to be revealed as possibly Eternia but maybe they have a different aspect and, and they they totally could it, you know yeah. And you're you're right on all of that. I just and maybe and this may just depend on like the type of kid that you're mm -hmm. talking about too. When I was a kid, I sat there watching all the old filmation shows and and a bunch of other things, Star Trek and whatever. I constantly picked everything apart and tried to figure out what, how all the pieces went together. If if I if I had been a kid watching this now, I would have been what is Eternia and trying to figure trying to fi every way I could to, to take the pieces that they've given us and, and figure it out because that was that was the type of kid well, that I was. So given... that's the that's the kids I'm thinking of right now. Are okay. the ones sitting there trying to piece it together. Well, given so. that, right, as a child, you would then be thinking, okay, Eternia has some connection to the first ones, right? Mm -hmm. um, it obviously has some type of significance because it's like a password. It's written in the ancient language. But I think that's, you know, you would maybe be thirsting for more knowledge on Eternia. Right. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it doesn't have to be the same. I'm just saying they uh -huh. have to explain some of this stuff at some point soon. Oh, well, don't you? Th I think they will. I mean, I'm assuming they will. <laughs> I hope they would. <laughs> yeah, even if it's just, you know, this is not the only planet that was developed this way by the first ones. There's also Eternia, and they could even name like five others that we've never heard of, and I would right, be okay exactly. with that. That would be fine. Like, I, that, I just feel like they need to, they, they have to do something for 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 the at least for the kids that are sitting there like trying to trying to piece it together because it would have driven me crazy as a kid i would have, I been, I would have driven myself to distraction it, you know through light hope because i think noel um stevenson mentioned in a recent interview about um season two or just the series in general that she said something about she's excited for people to find out more of mara's backstory so to me, that says there's at least going to be an episode where Adora's like, yo, Light Hope, you got to give me the skinny on Mara. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that would because, you know, like, again, we know that Mara trapped Etheria into the dark or the empty dimension of Despondos, right? Mm -hmm. Well, how did she do that? Like what occurred? How did the Horde get on Etheria then? Was the Horde already on Etheria? Or, you know what I mean? There's so many questions that could be answered with it. And yeah. also, um, Noel Stevenson at, uh, I think it was at uh, uh, Emerald City Comic Con, which was like a week or two ago, uh, they did a Shira panel there. Also did mention that in season two, we're going to, we're going to be seeing a mix of uh, old characters from the original that haven't been introduced yet, as well as uh, some new characters that were developed for the show specifically. So, Oh, glad you mentioned that. That's something that. to look forward to. Um, because they ha there's a pre-order out, they announced, for next year 
for a graphic novel uh, based on She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. And it's called Legend, something like that, Legend of the Fire Princess. And we do know that there are princesses that are elemental princesses. And they're the ones that have rune stones. That's according to Entrapta, right? When she's explaining the rune stone system to Catra and Scorpia. Um, so I'm, I will be interested. Is this fire princess a new character? You know, is it something they've repurposed from, you know, filmation? Ooh, exciting. Yeah. Or no one else like is one of the first ones. <laughs> it could right? be right. One... Because the first ones were beings of pure fire. Exactly. In yeah. Filmation. Or maybe a descendant of, if nothing else. Like a direct descendant of the first right, one. Right, exactly, exactly. And remember, too, what I ooh, ooh, love this, right? So Light Hope also says something to Adora, um, like, like they are the ones you oh. refer to as the first ones. Like, yes. so it's like, ooh, so like maybe the first ones are actually, actually something else and we're okay. not, we don't Wait know what it is yet. Wait a minute, I got it, I got okay. it. This is going to be good. The, this is going to be good. <laughs> the elemental princesses are all the descendants of the first ones, and that's why they've got the stones. Oh, oh. I would like that. Nice. That actually makes sense. <laughs> I hope that's what they do. That's great. Okay. <laughs> that would be super cool. Though, I'd, okay. I'd like to know, too, like, do... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just thinking, though... Um, I'm, we're guessing the first ones of Etheria are the same first ones that developed Eternia, right? So would they have descendants on both planets? Well, possibly they... if they were from Eternia. Because, right, she said the ones that we refer to as the first ones were like explorers. So, like, oh, yeah. they I, traveled I, I, and settled Etheria. My my interpretation, my expectation would be not not that they are from Eternia, but that they... Uh, you know, Eternia and Etheria were both worlds that they went to and, you know, left their stuff behind, whether that was tech or magic and so on and so forth. So, mm -hmm. so they could have descendants all across the universe. Indeed. Yes. Even on Trala. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Orko was uh, destined to be the protector of Trolla on that world. Love it. He's the element of humor. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, I can't we, wait for the next season, you guys. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, we always end up into crazy speculation land when we talk about these episodes. Like, every, every time, it's awesome. It's well, I mean, hey. April 26th is when season two, which is um, an additional seven episodes, uh, will debut on Netflix. So it's not that far away. No, it's not. It's exciting. In fact, it's like a month and two days from the recording of this episode. Exciting. And then just four days after that, we get the first Shira novel. So. Well, and that I'll be interested, too, because the novel maybe is allowed to give us a, like, you know, a little something, something. Uh, um, open. You know? Hoping. Like expand on something. Um, yeah, we should mention there are going to be three of those now that we know of. So there's one uh, in April, which is the origin story. I think the title is the title of it just the origin. I think something like that. Uh, there's a one about an island of magical 
magical creatures, magical animals. I forget what that one's called. I don't remember the titles of these offhand. But anyway, that one comes out in July. And then we get another one that sounds like it could be interesting that is supposed to be a series of journal entries by Adora uh, uh, describing their recruitment of various princesses to the rebellion. So, and that comes oh, out in September. I hadn't heard uh, of that one. Yeah, that one comes out in September. So these okay. are all up for pre-order. At least the digital versions are up for pre-order right now. So. Yeah, I'm psyched. They'll be at your little uh, scholastic book. Oh, I was just going to say they'll be at the... Remember when we were kids? I assume they still have these. Those scholastic book fairs at school. Yes! Because <laughs> these books are made by scholastic, so... <laughs> I love it! I would have been all over those. Yeah. And I love that a cartoon is also, you know, aiming to get kids to read. That's awesome. Because usually it's just like, no, we're a cartoon. And there might be little, like, kitty books, but nothing with, like, chapters like mm -hmm. these are going to have. Well, I wish they would have gotten them out a little sooner. Like, I was in Barnes & Noble the other day. Yes, an actual bookstore. Um, <laughs> Those still exist? And I was walking around and um, in the in the kids' section, like, you know, where, like, Harry Potter is and everything. Um, mm -hmm. They uh, had uh, already had a where, <clears throat> where in the world is Carmen Sandiego book based on the Netflix cartoon what? the new one yeah and i was like whoa that was fast yeah, it's um, on audible it came out in january actually um i bought it but i haven't read it yet yeah it seems to be like again it's like an expanded uh write-up of the the origin episode from the cartoon mm -hmm. at least from what i what i read when i was uh, standing in the store is the the audio version read by anybody from the show I don't know because I know nothing about the new show. <laughs> so, oh well, Gina, I Gina Rodriguez the... is the voice of Carmen. Yeah, I bought the book before I even knew there was a show. So, well, you missed that one, Josh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I binged that like months ago. Is it good? Um, so the new Carmen San Diego show is not bad. The origin episodes drag. Um, so some plus and minuses for you for Carmen San Diego. Carmen San Diego is not technically a villain in this revamp. Um, she she's seen to the kind of the Acme. She's like in Acme sees her as a villain, but what she's actually doing is preventing Vile from stealing things. So she's stealing them before Vile can steal them. Um, and Vile is like this, like, you know, training academy for villains. And I just, my problem with it is there was no need to make Carmen San Diego a good guy. Um, the Acme detectives should be your de facto good guys like they were in the 90s cartoon, which was phenomenal. Um, that's kind of my problem with it. It's it. She's not she's not as like slick. And I don't know if you've seen the 90s cartoon. That is Perfect that's really good. Carmen yeah. San Diego. Yeah. Um, this is not it's not bad. And I think that a lot of 
kids will like it because it kind of reminded me of if you've ever seen the TV show Kim Possible that was on the Disney Channel. Um, she, the character, kind of reminds me of Kim Possible. Um, but if you want the best representation of Carmen Sandiego, I would check out Where on Earth is Carmen Sandiego. And there's a awesome scene. So if you do watch it, at least watch it until you get the scene where someone visits the vile headquarters and um, there are it's a big reference to where on earth is Carmen San Diego. And that was like my happiest moment in, in the entire series. Uh, it just, again, nostalgia, right? It just, it made me smile. And I was like, that is so awesome that they threw that in there. So one that's thing, my summary. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of all of this and binging shows and whatever, one thing that uh, has continued to surprise me is how much buzz even now there still is about the Shiva show on yeah. Twitter, especially. Yeah, um, it's really pretty amazing. Yeah, considering so like, like you, you would think like everybody himself. binged it in November, right? And it would be like just waiting for season two, but people are still talking, and that's it's a good sign. Well, I hope we get a season two trailer soon. Oh, yeah. Like, we're kind of like a month out. So, like, it might be coming in the next week or two. And where's the theme song on iTunes? Dream I was Mark. just thinking about that last <laughs> night. Because <laughs> we know there's a whole song because it was different. There were more words in the trailer. So, hello, do you want money? <laughs> I got money. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay $1.29 or whatever the iTunes charge is. Heck, yeah. I'd buy a soundtrack. I'd buy a full soundtrack soundtrack oh yes oh my god that would be amazing they released soundtracks for voltron i'm just saying hmm they need to get on that then mm. yes the please yes please so promise <laughs> <laughs> we've gotten sidetracked oh Does i thought we were else? done talking about it <laughs> are, are we does anyone have anything else it, it is it is awesome did we discuss I... octavia oh I that's briefly. right she's in it so how much she's does she piece. look like the original? <laughs> Not at all. No, yeah. <laughs> well, she's green, right? She's green, and she's got tentacles. Tentacles. And she's she's just rather, she's larger, and she kind of reminds me of, like, she when she runs at them, it's like she's, like, Ram Man or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She's very muscular. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. She will take you down. She's quite terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's, she's not like a pretty princess. <laughs> no. I love that they just like they just go and insult Octavia, and that was what they do. <laughs> that was what they did for fun. And then Octavia's just like standing there, and these kids harass her, and she just screams at them. <laughs> this was probably a regular occurrence for Octavia. <laughs> she chases after these kids. <laughs> yeah, like no wonder she's like always peeved i mean she has these two little brats that are all keep me keep making fun of her scratching not her nice. eye that's not cool oh i know <laughs> yeah. right? it's a good thing Catra's not a what's that race in captain marvel of cats oh right i saw that movie it was good yes side note <laughs> so people who have seen it will know what i'm talking about with a cat scratch on an eye that's, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> is this is this um, her cat? Is that like a race of cat people? 
Um, you mean Captain <clears throat> Marvel? Yeah. It's not originally Captain Marvel's cat. It's somebody else's cat. Uh. But then, then it's her cat. And it is a race of cat people, yes. I think it's safe to say. Interesting. Yep. And hey, as someone that's not obsessed with the Marvel Cinematic Universe as myself, even I was like, oh, that's how that happened. <laughs> so, yeah. if I understood it, everyone should understand. Uh, I want to see, I, de- I definitely want to see Captain Marvel. I just, I don't really go to the movies anymore, unless it's like Star Trek or Star Wars <laughs> or Harry Potter. Like, I just don't go to the movies. Like, well, it has have... to be one of those big franchises that I really care about. Otherwise, I'm just like, eh. you technically I'll wait for iTunes. and Marvel movies you can go see. Yeah. yeah. I do want to see it, though. Shazam is awesome. I just want to say that. Yeah, it was really oh, good. Oh, good. I'm looking forward to that. It's I'm like, so relieved. <laughs> yeah, it is like, it's totally like restored my faith in DC superhero movies. Awesome. Like that's how good it was. I really liked Aquaman too. Oh, I Uh, haven't seen Aquaman. I will say that Aquaman was fun. It was a fun movie. Yeah. Like, I think the special effects is what bugged me in that movie. I was like, I know y'all can do better. Why does this not look better? (laughs) (laughs) It's not horrible, but yeah, I think the special effects just bugged me a little bit. But it, yeah, it was a fun movie. I would agree. Like, I think the last DC movie I saw was Wonder Woman, which I liked. Um, But, like, I haven't seen Justice League. I haven't seen Aquaman. Um, Well, Aquaman and Shazam. I think overall I liked both of those more than Wonder Woman. But I'm not saying Wonder Woman was bad. Wonder Woman was way, way, way better than, you know, Justice League and Batman versus Superman and Superman Returns or whatever that Man of Steel, whatever one had Superman killing people in it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wonder Woman was more, you know, Wonder Woman was a little bit more serious of a movie, if you will. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't as thrilled with the villain, but I really liked the villain in Aquaman and Shazam. Or it was two different villains, obviously, but yeah. Uh, Yeah. And this has been Masters of the Universe versus DC (laughs) Universe cast. But it goes to show you that, um, which we didn't talk about yet. um, Can we talk about the new movie, new He Man movie? Yeah. Okay. The Uh, supposed new He Man movie. It's never going to happen, Yeah. I know. I know. I know. But they got this guy that apparently is either cast as He-Man or Prince Adam or, you know, Randor's footman. I don't know. <laughs> and, um, so that was kind of announced as a rumor. Where am I going with this? Oh, yes. OK, so he looks pretty young, looks pretty young. I think he's like 22, this guy. Um, so that's why, like, I think some people were reporting he was going to play He-Man. Some were reporting he was going to play Prince Adam. After seeing the Shazam movie, um, I definitely feel that they could they could and maybe should Uh, go the route of kind of like a Shazam type situation, not where Prince Adam is like, you know, as young as Billy Batson. No, Um, I don't want like, you know, 14 year old Prince Adam. But I think this guy could totally play like an 18 year old Prince Adam that then maybe changes into a more muscular um, He-Man. So I think that could be a possibility that you have two actors um, um, playing it. But I I, I wouldn't want He-Man to be like, you know, acting kind of a fool like, (laughs) <laughs> like Zachary Levi does when he is Shazam. 
<laughs> I don't think that fits, but I think the concept fits, kind of like it did in the yeah. 2000X, where Adam was clearly Younger different yeah, than He-Man. Yeah. But I don't think we need some wrestler, over-muscled, over bodybuilder-type-looking person to play He-Man. I don't think that's needed at all. Look at... Yeah, everyone's going to compare to Chris Hemsworth, right? To Thor. Mm-hmm. Thor does not look like an overgrown wrestler to me. You know <laughs> what I mean? Especially in the later movies. Yeah. Um, he doesn't, to me, just to me, he doesn't look like that. So, like, I don't really, I think He-Man needs to be muscular. But, like, again, even look at Dolph, which I do feel that for the 80s, he worked perfectly as He-Man. And he was not super huge either. Yeah, I, I don't care. Just make the movie good. Like at this point, <laughs> uh, that's all I ask. Just make it be a good movie, please, please. We just, waited so long. Just do do oh, justice. I have no faith. I'm sorry. I know. Like anytime I see people talk about like these movie rumors and stuff, I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah. See. <laughs> Keep open. Is Keep it still open. being done by a Warner Brothers? Still the studio? Or Sony. Sony. Oh no. <laughs> hey, oh, they no, did into the Spider Verse, so they've done some good things. Oh yeah, that's true. But that was animated. I know. I know. I'm more than happy to see a Into the Spider Verse style He-Man movie. I think that would work a lot better than a live action film. It could be. I will actually. do it. I will take care of it myself. <laughs> give me I, the I don't money. care. <laughs> I just want it to be good. Like at this point, just give us a good movie. That's all I ask. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if it's animated. I don't care if it's live action. I don't care. Just make it good. Well, my whole thing is just like with the new Shira, right? So many people were poo pooing the new Shira. Then when it came out, they were like, oh, wow, this is actually good. Huh? <laughs> so. <laughs> So with this, like, okay, maybe the guy, like, guy doesn't have blonde hair. Okay, hair can be dyed. Yeah, you know? that's not oh, an he's, issue. He's skinny. Um, I'm like, okay, but so was Chris Hemsworth before he played Thor. You know, then like they shot him up with stuff. He worked out and he got <laughs> Thor. <butt-holes. laughs> you know, I'm just, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to imply that you know sorry. Thor was juicing. <laughs> he just ate a lot of chicken. Um, <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, come on. All this guy would have to do is work out for three months before the movie starts. You know what I mean? Actors have that. Like, we don't have that, right? I can't just quit my job for three months and work out. Sure, I would be buff, too. But that isn't the card. So, yeah, they have personal trainers. They have personal trainers. They have chefs that feed them all the stuff. They have their protein, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um. So, like, I think none of that matters. What I want to see is I don't even – I think I mentioned this on your Facebook, Leanne. I was like, I don't – no, even a teaser trailer, I won't believe the movie is yeah, coming. Yeah. I need a full-blown trailer with actual scenes from the movie. Yep. <laughs> and then I'll be like, okay, I think the movie might be happening. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think once once there's confirmation that filming starts, I'll I'll buy in at that point. Like they're they're not gonna they're not gonna start shooting if uh, if it's not coming. Oh, it's... filming starts, Mattel goes bankrupt, they sell it to Hasbro, <laughs> Hasbro shuts down production of the movie. No. <laughs> yeah. That's totally gonna happen. It's just our luck, let me tell you. Yep. <laughs> uh well here's hoping I want it I want a good movie. That's that's all I ask for. Me too. Well, do we have any, any anything else right now? I don't think so, right? I think we're good. We're good? We're good? Oh, the movie figures. Did we talk about those last episode? I don't remember. Yeah, we did. Okay, movie figures from Super 7. Um, pre-orders are ending soon, so 
get those in. And don't forget about PowerCon 2019. Uh, we want to see you there. For more information, go to thepowercon.com. Uh, it's going to be in August, and it'll be in Anaheim this year. So make it an extended Disneyland vacation for you. Happiest place on Earth, right? <laughs> He-Man and Star Disney. Wars Land will be open by then. Oh, so if you're a Star Wars fan... Here's my question about that, though, Josh. I actually know a bit about this because I just listened to the whole podcast about oh, the guy that good. got to okay. go early. So, so. It, well, here's my question, and just a, it's kind of like a theme park question in general because I know you you have been to Disneyland, you know, 27 million more times than yeah, I have. Way, um, many, many so times. definitely, I'm planning on going to Disneyland uh, for at least a half a day, um, probably or three fourths of the day. That's all I can fit in. Um, but. Uh, like since this is a, such a new attraction, it is opening this summer, correct? So like by the it time opens I get on May thirty first, May thirty first. Okay, so by August, that mid August sweet spot there. Like if that's like, should we go to that portion of the park first? Like yes. that. The right second the, the park opens, that's you want to the be there when the gates open and go straight. Okay. Okay. And I also recommend if you're doing that, buy your tickets online ahead of time, and uh, they'll it, then you can just get scanned in at the gate on your off your phone. Um, that is the way to do it. That's how I did it this last time. I went in December to Disneyland. Be there the second the gates open and go straight there. That's now, the that's the should I go straight there and attempt to get fast passes for anything I can in Star Wars Land? Yes. Well, there's two major uh, rides there uh, that both sound amazing. So uh, you may not be able to get pass fast passes for both simultaneously. Okay. Your best bet would be probably to get try to get a fast pass for one and then go get in line for the other. Oh, like immediately. Excellent suggestion. Um, but anyway, see, for three see, hours, but see how fine. great it is, though. You know, He-Man, She-Ra, Star Wars. <laughs> all in one place have lots of fun there you go and the um the uh the orders you know uh the tickets for PowerCon are on sale where you can get your exclusives and your t-shirts and all that stuff so you want to buy that up because the exclusives are really cool including that starburst shira which was a surprise surprise so <laughs> oh and the wrapping paper i also got the wrapping oh yeah paper. that was that looked really cool yeah the the original wrapping paper the he-man and shira wrapping paper from the 80s um you know, they were able to secure the artwork for it, have it restored, and they got rolls of wrapping paper printed. Nice. I'm never going to use the wrapping paper, but I'm going <laughs> to look at it. <laughs> I was actually thinking of, like, if I open the roll, maybe to cut, like, a square out and get it framed. Yeah. This would look really cool. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, cool I could thing. hang it out at Christmas. Yeah. You know, the holiday season. I tell you what, if you do that for you and will take money to cut a second square out to frame for me, I will pay you to do <laughs> there that you go. for See? me. I'm already recouping my costs. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I will I will totally pay you to do that for me. Well, awesome. Thanks for listening. We will be back sooner than later to wrap up kind of uh, season one. shortly uh, season one because season two will be coming out and we are so excited. Uh, thanks for downloading. As always, you know, we've had the podcast now for quite some time and we do it for fun. So glad someone gets some enjoyment out of it. <laughs> Almost yes. 14 years, guys. Yeah. Wow. Long. Oh, God. That hurt. <laughs> oh. oh, my. <laughs> oh, we're still young. I just hadn't put it into that quantifier yet. And, oh, 
yeah. like a teenager. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm John Callis, also known as Shadow. I'm Katie Carty Hiley, also known as Rainbow Bright. I am Martin Penny, and please always think of sword safety. <laughs> <laughs> I am Leanne Hanna, also known as Stratosmacka. And I am Josh Lioncourt, also known as Lioncourt. And if you don't practice short safety and you kill somebody, they don't die. They just go away. So we say to them. And that would be an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> That's hugely irresponsible information, John. Oh. <laughs> and in Drat. very poor taste. <laughs> you guys have never accidentally cut someone's head off with the, well, your sword training. I mean, it happens. <laughs> Are you a Highlander now? <laughs> Ooh, know the name. Don't know what it's about. <laughs> well, it's people with swords cutting other people's heads off. So oh. we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Why was I thinking it was like Swamp Thing? I have no, I have no idea. idea. <laughs> what? I'm definitely crossing the wrong properties. Yes, yes, yeah. you are. <laughs> we'll forgive you. All right. Somebody started. Good, Good journey. Good journey. Good journey. Good journey. Good journey. Good journey.